Hello, everybody. I'm Lady. And I'm Alana. And this is Spookery. Actually, I forgot what I was supposed to say for a hot second there. I was like, what is my line? You're like, oh, yes, I talk now. I am a podcaster. I am. I have the set intro that we do every episode that I, I just was like nope that's ma'am, not happening there's no shame I literally write it into my script every time because I just need it there or else I will forget it so that and the outro maybe that's where I'm going wrong Oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, man but welcome welcome to my, I guess my second last episode of spookery ep- season ep- uh, season one and don't speak too soon this could be a two-parter I know. <laughs> <laughs> you know what happened last time. I know what happened last time, and that's fine. That was a that was a choice that I made. Uh, but no, so <laughs> I'm I am very happy to report that my my script for today's episode is significantly longer, and I'm scared to look at the final number when we finish recording this because I just feel like it's not going to be an accurate reflection of the notes I have. Um, it's perfect. It is going to be great, and this is going to be the best two parter we have yet. No, please don't don't jinx me this way. Don't jinx me. Uh, I was talking to my family earlier about like what categories I was gonna get at the end of this, and they were just like, "I bet it's gonna be this." And I'm like, "Please don't jinx me. <laughs> don't do this to me." That is crazy to think that your last spin of the season is going to happen tonight. We are gonna see what the spookery spirits bestow upon you to end season one with. Yeah, the, my my my. I guess my own personal season finale. But then you're gonna follow it up with the season finale. So like. That's true. You've got you've got all the pressure. I just get like, I get the warm up act. I'm like the 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 the, the supporting act from a concert. You're like the headliner. So that's true. You set the season off on a good tone. So hopefully I can finish this off right. You know something good. Oh, oh I know it. I know I know your your next case is going to be amazing. I know the case after that's going to be amazing. And fingers crossed, this episode's amazing and my last episode's amazing. But we're going to focus on this episode. Yes. Let's. So. Today's episode is our lovely category, Hearts and Spades. Uh, And I'll recap the category again, because some of you might not have listened to my last episode where I did the explanation, so here it is again. Um, Hearts and Spades is basically our crime of passion category. It's, you know, jilted lovers, broken hearts. It's people who were in love, who fell out of love and decided to take it out on each other. It's love triangles. It's... Crimes of the heart, I guess, is the the way we we categorize it, and then the spades part is the crime part. So yeah. we are covering my hearts and spades, and this one's going to be slightly different to my current repertoire of episodes because this is my most modern case. <laughs> Ooh, okay. So I know you guys know that I I like to live in the old timeies. I'm a bit of an old timey gal. I love the history. I love the context. I love the the the, the spooky and bringing bringing these you know things that we know and lifting the veil. But today is not that day. Today, I guess it's like kind of a palate cleanser. You know, you know a crime sort of way. I don't know. That's not right. <laughs> <laughs> but today we are covering a case called the burial of Michelina Lewandowska. Have you heard of this one? Never. Okay. I'll give you a Michelina Lewandowska. Dowska. Uh, it's a Polish Polish immigrant in the UK in 2011. 
I gotta say, I'm the name is beautiful right off the bat. She, yeah, her her name is gorgeous. Like Polish names, just in general, are very beautiful. It, like they are. Yeah. No, just like listening yeah. to you say that, it's just like poetry in a name. It's very beautiful. <laughs> yeah. No, Michelina. Uh, she her name is beautiful. She she was a beautiful person, like inside and out. Like big celebrations to Michelina. We are unfortunately talking about the burial of Michelina Lewandowska, which took place on May 28th, 2011. Yeah. So, I guess to get straight into it, Michelina Lewandowska was a 27-year-old woman living in Huddersfield, Leeds, in the UK. She was a recent immigrant to the UK from Poland with her then-fiancé, Marcin Kasperzak, who was 25 years old, and her three-year-old son, Jacob. Michelina had followed her fiancé to the UK, and they were just beginning to embark on their new life together. But Michelina Lewandowska would soon find herself in an unthinkable situation. Buried alive. No, that's literally my worst fear. What? We will be talking about the burial of Michelina Lewandowska, where she was buried alive. Oh, I didn't I know this episode. This is going to be a hard episode for me, actually. I do not like the concept of being buried alive. No, I, it, I think while I was doing the research for this case... I it, it's awakened a new fear in me. I think out of all of the buried alive cases that I've ever researched and looked into, this one's not as bad as you know in, in the scale of being buried alive. But still, it's a you know being buried alive. I'll be the judge but, of that after this episode. Yes, you please let me know if this is just as bad as other buried alive cases that you've you've talked about. That's what we're going to be discussing this episode. So of course, if this is not an episode for you, that's okay. We'll see you in next week's episode for our beautiful high profile case, or you can go and purvey our current beautiful season one library. Yeah, we got a whole a whole slew of stuff to choose from. So yeah, we got we got everything. Uh, I'm also just going to give like this episode just a blanket warning. We're going to talk a little bit about domestic abuse. I'll kind of flag it when it's coming up. But of course, this category is hearts and spades. So yeah, that kind of just comes with the territory almost, like you said. It just uh, unfortunately. So just keep that in mind. If that's not something that you want to listen to, that's okay. There are other episodes that you can listen to, and I hope you have a beautiful day. Absolutely. So we'll get to the spades part in a little bit. But first, we're going to talk about the hearts part. Oh, the good part. <laughs> the, the the beginning of the horror movie where they're the happy family and everything's yes. going great and they're so in love before it goes yes. bad. Okay, cool. I am going to give you the romantic context and how we got to May 28th, 2011. Let's talk about Michelina Lewandowska and who she was before. Yeah. So, Michelina Lewandowska was born in 1984 in Poland to Miroslava and Jan Lewandowski. Mm, okay. She was one of three daughters. I couldn't find a lot of information on where it was. I know that she wasn't the youngest, but I don't know if she was the oldest. She was just one of three daughters. Okay. Their family lived near Lassus in Poland. She was often described as beautiful, and I'll, I'll post pictures of her on Instagram because she is stunning. Um, she's kind of like, when you think of beautiful Polish woman, she fits that bill perfectly. You know, she's young, she's thin, she's blonde. She's the whole package. The whole package. Yes. So... When Michelina was 21 years old, she was seated in a coffee shop close to her family home, and in walked a young man by the name of Marcin Kasperzak, who was 19 at the time. Hmm. So Marcin Kasperzak was born in 1986 in Poland. I could not find the name of his parents, and truly that info probably isn't worth spreading, because they're kind of innocent in all of this, so... Yeah, well, that's fair. that be? So, Michelina Marcin... They met eyes in this coffee shop, and the connection was 
instant. It was like, boom. It kind of like a Bonnie and Clyde moment. They just you saw took each the other. words right out of my mouth. I'm like, man, that Bonnie and Clyde type of instant connection. That Bonnie and Clyde moment where you just meet eyes. You're like, that's the one. Oh, that's that's how you know you got to run. <laughs> as, soon as, you, as soon as you lock eyes with someone, you're like, oh, that could be my soulmate. No, red flag. Bye. <laughs> if that happens in the spookery, it's game over, babe. It's game it's over. Game over. We're not here to find love. We're here to find spirits. We sure are. Call in the spirits wherever they're at. That's true. Uh, so. Yeah, so they had their Bonnie and Clive moment. The two swapped their contact info, and they were in a relationship shortly after. It's And it's kind of a meet-cute, right? Like, you know, just minding your business in a coffee shop, and in walks this, like, this handsome guy. He's a little bit younger, but he's got, like, this kind of, like, youthful cheekiness to him. It's like, if this wasn't in the spookery, this would be a really cute story. Y- yeah, like you said, the, the beginning <laughs> of the horror movies always are. If, if it ended, yeah. you know, right before the climax of the movie, great. But, yeah. So... Micheline's family, however, were less than thrilled at this little love connection. Hmm. Micheline's father, Jan, said that Marcin was trouble from the moment he met him. Oh. Yes, her Jan, I'm just gonna say right off the gag, he has the best fucking quotes. Like, I'm just gonna call him Brutal Jan from, from here on out, because, like, every quote that I have from him is just like, oh. Man. All right. I'm a fan so, of him already. A fan, fan of Jan. Fan of Jan, yeah. <laughs> so. I always knew something wasn't right about Marcin, right from the start. We didn't make eye contact. He was spoiled and overprotected, maybe because he's an only child and a mummy's boy. His mother kept him cooped up in a cage like a chicken all his life, so when he went out into the world, he didn't really know what to do. Oh my god, yeah, mic drop, okay, yeah. Like, <laughs> way I, to just, I love- like, serve this guy up on a platter. There was no, he did not hold back. He's like, this man is a piece of garbage and we need to take him out, like. I know, I just, I love all of Yan's quotes that I have in here. I'm just like, oh, wow. so good. <laughs> For real. Like, just, like, pissed off dads are the best. Like, yeah. just, ooh. Mm. He made a burn. Anyway, he did. <laughs> He's going to need some aloe for that. <laughs> so, at any rate, despite Michelina's family's clear dislike, Michelina really, really loved him. So, a year after meeting him, Marcin popped the question. Oh, no. And she said yes. She was like, oh my god, of course. <sighs> Absolutely. So Marcin then proposed that the couple move to the UK where his parents were. And Michelina was like, absolutely. UK, love it. Let's go. Yeah. So her family was less than thrilled, naturally. Yeah. But they also made the call that Michelina's happiness was the most important thing right off the get-go. So they allowed her to move to the UK with him. And of course, like, she's also, she's 21. Like, yeah. There's, there's nothing not- they can really do. Like, even if they, like, made a fuss, it's just going to, like, drive her away more at that point. Yeah. It's it's a really, it's a tough call. It is. Because, like, it's one of those as well where it's, like, if you try and force it back too much, yeah, you'll just push her away. But if you kind of just let her into the situation, like, well, we'll find out, like, what'll happen. Yeah. Oh, jeez. So... Oh, jeez. So, oh, jeez. Oh, jeez. Oh, jeez. Oh, dearie, dearie. So the couple moved into Marcin's home in Huddersfield, Leeds. Marcin took up work as a meat packer in a meat factory, and Michelina ran a small business from home where she mended clothes. Okay. That's a good work-at-home job. Uh, yeah, I guess. And like, from what I can understand, like there were a lot of Polish immigrants in the UK. It's... it's it's Actually, I think they have, like, they're, like, one of the largest minority groups in the UK. Like, I think... Like Indians and like South Southeast Asians, like they're like the second biggest. But okay. it's like there's a big influx of Polish immigrants. But unfortunately, they do end up with a lot of like 
I guess like blue collar work. They're kind mm-hmm. of like you know, like you're you're gonna work in the in the in the in the agriculture. You're gonna work as meat packers. You're gonna do this. You're gonna mend clothes. Gotcha. So this is kind of this is kind of common for a lot of Polish immigrants, especially during this time. This is what um, 2006 when they move. Mm-hmm. So, and this is also right before. Uh, sorry, this is right after um, when the EU opens up. So this is when all European countries can navigate into other European countries without the need of a work visa. So they can just come and go. It's actually something that my parents took advantage of when I was uh, just a baby. Like, it was that kind of, like, swinging into other countries and, and working that way. It worked both ways. It wasn't just, like, all the influx, all these immigrants were coming into the UK. It worked both ways. Gotcha. Okay. Cool. So, two years later, after they moved to the UK, the couple welcomed a healthy baby boy into the world, which they named Jacob Kasperzak in April 2008. Okay. So... This was where the first initial cracks in the relationship kind of, kind of, kind of grow. So the two were young, and their responsibilities had now evolved from just spouse to parent, and yeah. like especially with like young parents and new parents, this is kind of it's an unfamiliar sort of just like we don't know what to do with this. Yeah. So yeah, they're new parents. Their attention is no longer pointed at each other, but rather at Jacob. So I think this is when. The, the initial strain really started to begin. Yeah, it sounds like it. The two actually called off the engagement shortly after Jacob was born. Oh. And for the next three years, they were constantly on again and off again. So, you know, they were they were constantly on and off again, but they were still living in the same house. Yeah. So they she never moved out. She's living in this house with him and her mother and father-in-law with this three-year-old. So, like, I, like it's, it's, a, it's a weird, like... I mean, I guess, like, with the budget and, like, what you have to work on, like, sometimes it's just not achievable to move out. I mean, you ha- it's funny that you say that because it's, like, look at the economy that we're in now. Like, so many people are in similar situations. So it's, like, it's crazy how it's come full circle in that regard. Like, I, I we relate to it now. We understand. Like, yeah, it is, like you said, just not feasible sometimes, especially if you have a kid. And yeah. the kid being around the grandparents is also not a bad thing, even if you're not with the father no. anymore. That's not, you know what I mean? That's, you're being an adult. You're doing what's best for your child. So I kind of respect her for making it making it work yeah and and i think that's kind of like that shows like the on again off again you're like there's that desire you want it to be on again you want this to work you want to be a team yes but sometimes you're just you're like but you're always in each other's space there's no escape your your in-laws are always there you've got this this young kid who just is you know just has basic human needs and it's it's just it's a lot so i 100 percent get the on again off again but of course it's it's a, it's a high strain situation. Yeah. So around this time, Marcina also began to spend a lot more time at his local gym, and he decided to become an amateur bodybuilder. Okay. He, he was reported to visit the gym at least five times a week. Oh wow, that's a lot. <laughs> yeah. That's, yeah, I'm like, it's like I don't, almost every day. It's like I don't I don't know what the like the recommended time at a gym is, but five times seems like a lot to me. Uh. And this is also where he started dabbling in anabolic steroids. Oh, yeah. That's so common in bodybuilders, unfortunately. Yeah. Especially back then, they didn't know. Yeah. But I'm also, I'm going to derail this story for a hot second. Let's talk about steroid effects on the human body for a second. Yeah. Let's talk into the side effects. So, steroids naturally help develop muscle definition very quickly for the aspiring bodybuilder, but they come with a very, very long list of side effects. Yeah. 
Some side effects include acne, stunted growth, premature balding, liver disease, issues in your kidneys or heart, high blood pressure, trembling, nerve damage from needle use, shrinkage of genitals, increased libido, difficulty sleeping, mood swings, irritability, depression, paranoia, delusional feelings of being superhuman or invincible, and of course, roid rage. Yes. Uncontrollable outbursts of violent aggression. Yeah. The minute you you brought steroids into it, I was like, wow, okay, that like it 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 just paints the direct we see where this is going. Yep. This man is now just a ticking time bomb. It's 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 almost like setting up the perfect storm. Like it's the the, the tension is there, the like the, the feeling of suffocation is there, and then there's this this added like just aggression of, of steroids and that increasing of the paranoia, depression, and who knows what other physical side effects were contributing to that. So yeah, just keep that in mind. So while Marcina's going to the gym five times a week, uh, Michelina was left at home with her in-laws taking care of baby Jacob. And when Michelina wasn't able to take care of her son, her mother-in-law was the one to watch the baby while Michelina worked. Mm, okay. So, so, so it was a bit of a teamwork, but... Sounds like he wasn't really pulling his weight. He was pulling... Well, he was pulling his own weight, but not not the baby's weight. No, he he was pulling weight, but in a gym setting rather than as a parent. As a parent. Yeah, as, as a, a parent. parent. <laughs> yes. <laughs> as a parent. So, naturally, the two begin arguing left, right, and center. The fights become more frequent. Michelina would call Marcin out for being absent or spending all of the time and money on bodybuilding. And Marcin began to mock Michelina for having become boring what that's his that's the response yes he's like well you're boring and i'm like if your significant other if your partner if your spouse if your lover boyfriend girlfriend the person you choose to spend the rest of your life with calls you boring cut and run evacuate yeah literally like what hit that eject button like ooh. What an awful thing to say. That That is, like, that is such a, like, a, a personal, like, especially someone who, like, they see you all the time. Like, they almost know you better than everyone else. And yeah, that, that is just someone that you wanted to marry. That's just, like, that's just literally just cruel. Like, it is just a mean thing to say. Like, there is no intention behind that other than to just be mean because there's no, like, there's no constructive, like, what, what, like... You're just a boring mom now, like, and it's just like, what? Yeah. You were half of this, dude, like... <laughs> It's like, man, you're so boring now. We used used to be so cool, and now you're boring. It's just like, I'm literally caring for the life that we created as a, as a team. Yeah. Like, so, on top of, you know, this boring comic, because, uh, Marcin also begins comparing Michelina to the girls in his gym, stating that they were more attractive than she was. Oh, no, he did. I literally, I don't care that this man's a bodybuilder. I want to slap him so hard right now, legit. Mm. <laughs> yeah, no, I, it's... There's there's no rooting for our boy Marcin. There's no rooting for him. Yeah. Like it's it's just I just I don't feel I don't feel bad for what happened. So naturally, Marcin's drug addiction was only fueled with fire, and the steroids would often lead to violent outbursts. Yeah. From what I can see through all of my uh, sources and, and the reports that I found, he never physically hit her. But he threw his weight around, and he's an amateur bodybuilder, so that's a lot of weight. Yeah, and that's terrifying. Like you said, even just the the possibility of that, like him making her think, like, I could hit you. I literally could kill you. Like, you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. I, I have that physical prowess over you. Like, that... Uh. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, we got a lovely quote from our boy Yan here, so... Oh, like, blame it on me. All right, so here we go. The conflict between them got worse and worse. 
But there was no evidence. Either his muscle-building steroids messed with his brain, or he went crazy for some reason. Straight up. Literally, like, it was just so couldn't have said it better. Yawn. Like, yeah. Yeah, he, he, yawn. He, he summed it up. Alright, so. Then 2011 rolls around. Tensions are high for both parties, and both were pretty much at the point to call it quits. Michelina wants to go back to Poland with her son, and Marcin wants Michelina out of the picture so his mother can raise baby Jacob. Well, the relationship was the worst it had ever been, and they were in this off-again phase. And, of course, Michelina's floating this idea of going back to Poland, but Michelina did still love Marcin. And she also made it a note to wear her engagement ring that he had gifted to her in hopes that they could kind of work out their issues. So it was kind of like... It's almost like this symbol of hope. It's like they're in the off-again phase, but I, she doesn't want it to be, but like the the end is looming, but it's it's kind of that, that last fragment of hope is this engagement ring. Yeah. So I also like the way I, what I see from here is like, that's the old saying, right? Is distance makes the heart grow fonder. So yeah. like, I don't think Michelina wanted to leave forever in this particular situation. I think she wanted space. And being cooped up in the same house with this person and there's just this, there's these violent fights and... You know, they're, they're, living, they're living on top of each other, essentially. And they're in the off again, on again. There are another, there's another couple living in this house. Yeah. And they've got, they've got a clear bias on who they, who they personally care about. So I think she didn't want to... From what I could guess from here, like, I don't think she wanted to call off the relationship for good. I think she just wanted space to go back to Poland, sort whatever she needed to sort out. Yeah, so I think... Yeah, she wanted to go back to, to Poland. She wanted um, her parents to meet baby Jacob because they haven't met him. I haven't even, like you said, thought about that, really. Like, that, yeah. that she's just been there the whole time and her own family has not met her child. Like, that's... I, I respect her wanting to go home. Yeah, I, like, there were there was nothing in my reports that said that they hadn't met. But, like, from what I can see, like, I don't think that was a, a viable thing. I don't think the travel between the two countries was something that you could just do casually. Like... Like, the, the fact that you didn't wait work permits made it easy, but I think it's still a costly travel expense. Yeah. It's, it's a huge gamble to just travel and, like, change countries and decide to live there. Yeah, especially with a child, and, yeah, there's there's yeah. a lot going so, into that, so. Yeah, so, I I totally get her decision. It's a, it's a, toxic, uh, it's a toxic work environment. <laughs> it's a toxic living environment. And, like, I, it's, it's also, it's no place to raise a kid. Yeah. So... So when Marcin hears that this is kind of what Michelino wants to do, he's not loving this plan. Yeah. So he made the decision that dead was better. Oh. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So this is where we're going to get into our trigger warning of domestic abuse. So if this is not what you want to listen to, please skip ahead. We'll see you when we're done. So May 28th, 2011. Day started out like any other. Marcin texts Michelino and is like, hey. I'm really sorry. I've been a total prick. I want to make it up to you. Can I take you shopping today? Tell him no. So, naturally, Michelina is heckin' surprised. She's like, um, is this the right mercy? And I'm like, or, or, like, who is this? Yeah. But I also think she's super hopeful. Like, they're hoping that they can fix the issues they're having. I think she's hoping that they can be on again. They're hoping, like, she's hoping that they can be good parents for their son. And if, like, if this is him taking the initiative, to, like... Yeah, like, if that's gonna help try and, like, be the first steps to fix things, why wouldn't she say yes? Like, I I would 100% fault for this. I know I would. So. Yeah. It's such, it's such like, a... And it's, like, in public. Like, I, you know what I mean? Like, it's... What's... They're, they're, the risks are minimal, it seems. Yeah, it's, it's, it's like... She, he just wants to take her shopping. Yeah. During the day. It is. It's like, such an innocent-sounding request. 
Yeah, so, naturally, she's hopeful. She says yes. She hands Jacob over to her mother-in-law for the day and starts to get ready to spend the day with the man she loves. Yeah. She even goes on, uh, goes as far as to put on her, the engagement ring he gave her. It's that symbol of hope thing. She's like, this is it. Like, we're, we're going to fix this. Yeah, he'll see this and he'll know that my heart is still with him and this this will be the day, the start of the good stuff. Yeah, this is, this is we are going to fix it. We're going to patch it all back together. I, I respect her optimism. Yeah, unfortunately, Marcin was not planning on taking Michelina shopping. So, while, Mich- Mich- while Michelina was in their home's hallway and was finishing up getting ready for her day out, Marcin had invited a friend over, a 17-year-old named Patrick Boris. Oh. Just a reminder here, Marcin is 25 at this point. Yeah, I was just he about invited to. invited his friend who's 17. How does he even have a 17-year-old friend? I do not know. I couldn't find anything on how these two met. I don't know if they met at the gym, if they were just, like, I don't know where their paths crossed. I don't know if he was a neighbor. I do not know how these two met. I don't know how they were friends. But they were. Yeah, so. Marcine, 25, brings over his friend Patrick, who's also a Polish immigrant, who's 17. Mm -hmm. And Michelina sees him come over and she's like, okay, like, what's going on by Korea? What's happening? Then Marcine brandishes a 300,000 volt stun gun. Oh my gosh. Yes. From what I can understand, the two get into some sort of scuffle. Michelin is trying to push him away as he's brandishing this thing. And unfortunately, he manages to strike Michelina in the neck and hit her <gasps> with a 30,000 volt shock. In the neck? In the neck. That would so, bring anybody down. Jesus. I actually looked into stun guns a little bit because I don't know the scale of stun guns. Yeah. 3,000 just sounds like a lot. I'm just, like, <laughs> estimating. Yeah, three, 300,000 does sound like a lot, but I also didn't want to, like, show ignorance and be like, actually, and the piece of people were like, oh, like, actually, like, that's, like, the baby stun gun. Yeah. So I looked it up. So here's a bit of stun gun context for you. This is my context for the episode. Wow, I can't believe so. we waited this long to get to the context. <laughs> I know. It's the longest we've ever waited. You know, it's recent context. It's, it's, it's sprinkled intermittently. You that's know? fair. It's just, how I like it. You said that the story was so, different. The story's different. I, my context is woven in, kind of like Hinterkaifeck, where like the whole like part one was the context, and then part two was the murder. Yeah, like I'm, just, I'm mixing up. I'm mixing up the context. The context is still there, but we've got the context. Yeah, fresh. <laughs> mm, gotta spice it differently. Yeah. So, a stun gun is a handheld shock device with two prongs that do not detach from the gun itself. The taser is the one that shoots the wires with the prongs at the end. That's what a taser is. A stun gun is the handheld one where the prongs are built into the device. Okay, I appreciate the clarification because I guess I didn't know that truly. I didn't know that either. And I actually would have assumed it was the other way around. <laughs> I thought it was the other way around. I thought they were interchangeable terms, I guess. And then just one, there was they just had different features. They're like, that's the 2.0 stun gun. Yeah, I think I think in recent like times, it, they are kind of used interchangeably. But the actual definition of a stun gun is it's the handheld one with the context built into the device. And a taser is the one that, that shooty shoots. Okay. So the legality of a stun gun varies based on the distance between the contacts. So where the prongs are. Okay. So if there's only a one centimeter gap between the contacts, it cannot exceed 30,000 volts. So that's what a legal stun gun is. I don't know the particular model of the stun gun that Marcin used. So I don't know if it was a legal one. Yeah. But I can assume if the 300,000 one was legal, the contacts were pretty far apart. Yeah. So the average voltage of a stun gun is 25,000 volts. And that's the minimum voltage for most stun guns. 
The average range for a stun gun is 20,000 to 150,000 volts. So the average stun gun is the max that it can go is half of what Marcin used. So he's using like an elephant tranquilizer on this woman. Essentially. So it's only ever recommended that you up voltage on your stun gun if you need to circumvent thick clothing. But even then, they don't recommend going higher than like 50,000. Yeah, that's crazy. Being hit with a 25,000 volt stun gun can cause confusion, disorientation, and can prevent someone from moving or even thinking clearly. It's a stun gun. It'll, it'll stun you. Yeah, you're electrocuting someone. Like, that's... Yeah. So most police stun guns are 50,000 volts just so that they naturally circumvent thick clothing. That's fair. The consequences of a 50,000 volt stun gun are they're powerful enough to cause pain and muscle contractions. So yeah. that'll be enough to like seize up the whole yep, body. Yep. Yes. That's awful. So if the stun gun exceeds legal voltage or the voltage is set too high, it can cause brain injury, loss of consciousness, abnormal brain function, and seizures. Wow. So, like, so it gets yeah. serious real quick. If you go, yeah, like this, it's not a thing that you mess around with. It's not a toy. It's not a. It's not a cute thing. If you have, if you feel the need to use a stun gun, do not do it as a prank. Do not. It's not. It's not a toy. Yeah, I cannot stress this enough. Like, do not stun your friends. It's not cute. It's. This is a weapon. It's used for self defense. It's used to protect yourself. It's not something that you can use to attack someone. It's not used like just to like. Like, oh, like, look how funny. Yeah. No, no, no. It's very serious. Very serious. So Michelina naturally goes down like a ton of bricks. Yeah. I, I'm shocked. Like, like she's, I'm shocked. I, that's, I, that's not the term I should use. Um, I'm surprised that she even survived this horrible, like, that, that alone, genuinely, especially being, like, a, a thinner, petite woman. Yeah. I mean, that sounds like it could really do some, like, true oh, yeah. damage to you. Like... The, the effects of something that high is literally not even reported, so it's... Y- you wonder. Yeah, I, I I could not speak for what this did to her body. I cannot, I cannot say. Yeah. So, while she's on the ground, Marcin then pushes his knee into her ribs while she's on the floor. Oh, wow. And then uses the stun gun again. What? Again in the neck. I have no words. That's two hits with a 300,000 volt stun gun. That is brutality at its finest there was literally no need that is like you said like that why what yeah. possessed him to to do it once let alone twice twice it, it <sighs> that's unfathomable like truly just it's, it's abuse it's it's just flat out this is what domestic abuse is it's, it's not yeah. even like he doesn't even have to get to the scale but just the willingness to do that to your partner yeah that is that's so yeah. sad Two, that's two hits with a 300,000 volt stun gun. Marcin then tapes her mouth shut and duct tapes her arms and legs together with packing tape with the help of Patrick. As if that's necessary at this point. Like, this woman is not going to be moving, probably for several days. If I, I, Most likely she is paralyzed at this point. Like, the muscle contractions alone of just, like, that's... Yeah. That vo- and and I, it, it didn't specify how long the stun gun was held. It, like... Whether it was oh. just an initial contact or if it was prolonged contact, I, I do didn't not even know. think of that. Yeah, yeah, I did, and that makes a huge difference. Like you said, that oh, that's terrible. Yeah. So, Marcin then begins shouting at Michelina while he's doing this. 
from what I can understand, he went on a, rep- uh, a rant about how long he had hated her, that it would be better for her to just go away and leave their son Jacob with his, him and his mother, and that she would never see them again. Okay. It's fucking nightmare fuel. Like, this is like, this is just, this is everyday worst nightmare. Like, and and knowing that it's only gonna get worse. Yeah, but it's it's, just, it's like the, the betrayal, I think, is the, the kicker for this. It's like, she loved him. She loved him desperately. And then he could could make this decision to harm in this way and just and and to do it twice of all things. Like to to use that that level of stun gun twice on on someone that you created life with. Yeah, literally. Like you said, this person was getting ready for just a nice day out and just like I can't even imagine like just the utter confusion that she went through in that moment of just being like, what is actually happening right now? Like, my your, your brain would just not even be able to process, mm-hmm. especially even after that. Like, it just, like, what the heck? Do you want to hear it get worse? <sighs> Lay it on me, ma'am. So after this, it was then described that there was a lull in the atmosphere. Marcin offered Michelina something to eat and drink and then offered to help her go to the bathroom. While that's going on, Patrick is sitting at the computer playing video games. As if, like, nothing's happening. This 17-year-old just witnessed his 25-year-old friend electrocute his partner twice. Attempt to murder her. Then wrap her limbs in tape that he helped with. Then just set her aside and was like, I'm gonna go play a video game. Yo, you got games on your phone? Yeah, basically. And it's like, this is 2011. What games are there to play? Skyrim's not even out yet. It's literally... I'm like, he's just going and playing Pong on the computer right now? Just like, like, what? Nothing nothing good came out in 2011. They were all at the end of the year. Like, let's be honest. Like, there's nothing... What, are you playing FIFA? Are you playing FIFA 2010? I bet they were. I feel like they were playing FIFA. Probably. That's gonna be my guess. So, (sighs) kind of like during this lull phase, Michelina's restraints had been loosening slightly but Marcin took notice so he reapplied the gags and binds and then forces Michelina into a cardboard PC box a PC box a box that a tower PC comes in oh my god they then tape the box shut and load Michelina into the back of Marcin's green Vauxhall Astra oh my goodness that is I just can't even imagine like I, I truly that is just unreal yeah it's it's harrowing this is like it's it's just it's such an extreme level of violence it is like they're it's so unnecessarily grotesque like truly like and the worst part about all of it is it's like you can buy everything that he used on amazon i looked it up you can buy a three hundred thousand volt stun gun on amazon that's disgusting. Why did that like, even exist? Of course, this is 2011, so like, don't think they had Amazon back then. But yeah, so he like went out of his way to go get this torture tool. Uh, he probably was like at like his local hardware store. It was probably in like a self defense section. Like yeah, or like some sort of like a hunting. I don't know. Like if like, a bear runs up on you, you need something to yeah taste that I bear. But like I don't know. Yeah, but it's like the, everything that he used, you can just buy. It's like it's the same as like having a murder pack where you go and get garbage bags, bleach, and like rubber yeah. gloves. Like, like they're red flag purchases, but also like this is like it's packing tape and a stun gun. It's like, 
Yeah. Everything else I, you can find at home. It's like it's like and the, like you said, the PC box that he already had the computer. Like that's these are just common household like items that he was just like. I, it, I I'm so morbidly curious of how pre-planned this was. Like of him, of him making these purchases. Like did he? intentionally go to the store seeking out these items to commit these crimes or oh i definitely would say this is premeditated i mean the fact that he texted her to say like let's go shopping today fully intending on doing this like he he deliberately invited patrick over Uh, it's definitely premeditated i'm pretty i'm i would i would put money on the fact that this was all purchased ahead of time for this purpose there's just like you said there's so much evidence pointing to the fact that it is like a premeditated thing but it also like for someone like him where you know jan as we've seen too like this guy's just he's a roid rager so it's like it's crazy that this person that is so like unhinged had the mental capacity to plan out something so devious and instead of it just being in this giant blow up like, sure but also one of the side effects of, of of this anabolic steroids thing it's paranoia and that's gonna put you on edge it's gonna get your mind going so even if it's not going in healthy places it's going and I'm like true. I would I, I would argue that the the effects of these drugs were likely enough to put him on that path and then it was just like a, oh what's a convenient thing that I could buy he may, maybe he saw the sun gun in the store and was like oh that's an idea like that's the ticket yep yeah that's, so but <sighs> like I said we don't, just my morbid curiosity yeah. wanting to know and I don't have that answer unfortunately I, I couldn't find anything about the premeditation of it all but yeah. no that's okay yeah so the three then drive to a nearby wooded area just outside of Huddersfield. The area they took was like a narrow lane surrounded by woodland, and it bordered private property. The car was actually captured on CCT, uh, CCTV cameras during the drive to the destination, so like there is actual like video out there of this car like going to this wooded area. That's so crazy. It's like you said, it's a modern crime. Yeah, it it is. It's 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 so easy. Everything that they did is very doable. But do not, do, do not, not do this. this. Yeah. Oh my this gosh. Is, yeah, I, will, I will disavow you. You're banned from the spookery if this is something that yeah. you contemplate. Please, for the love of gosh. Yeah. So, they then carry Michelina inside the box into the woods. God. The two then dug a shallow grave, placed the PC box inside, her head pointing down, and then they filled up the hole. And she's aware of what's happening to her. She's conscious the entire time. God, this poor woman right it's it's awful it's so so horrible so marcine and patrick then cover the box with soil twigs leaves and tree branches one of which weighed 40 kilograms or 88 pounds and they just put that on this box wow they were really trying to make sure she didn't get out no so michelina had unfortunately been buried alive and her air supply was being crushed by both ends from what I can understand, her only air supply that was available were the two-handle grips on the side of the PC box. You know, like how it, like it's, they're naturally yeah. built in to help carry the box. Those are the only like ways that air is coming in and out of this thing. And those had been filled with soil. Yeah. So, happy with their work, Marcin and Patrick then just went to a nearby ATM with Michelina's bank cards, took 500 pounds out of her bank account, and then drove home to play video games. Bought some V-Bucks on Fortnite. I don't... It's Fort, was Fortnite there? <laughs> I don't know. Just, I'm... Like you said, bought some skins on FIFA with her mm. money. Maybe. For, like, some of my sources said that the 500 pounds was to pay Patrick, but this wasn't confirmed and it wasn't in the official police report, so I don't know. 
but they took 500 pounds out of her bank account. That was that was assuring. That's just, yeah. Wow. Wow, wow, wow. I really didn't, I, I just can't, I cannot wrap my head around that. That why it is just the biggest question of just why. Like, it, But I do have some good news for you. Yeah. I never said Michelina died. I was hope. I had a, th- a little bit of hope, but I wasn't going to be too optimistic. She so what happens? is a motherfucking survivor. Michelina is not being taken down by the likes of Tweedledum and Tweedledumer. Let me tell you something. Fuck yeah. Oh, so, fuck yeah. That is what yeah. I needed. Okay. So we got, we got through it. We got through the hard part, but now we can just celebrate this fucking woman because she is a badass motherfucker. Yeah. So how the hell does she survive this? All right. So let me tell you. Let me tell you the survivor tale. Yeah. So lying in her shallow grave, Michelina waited 30 minutes after the boys left, just listening to see if that they were still nearby. Because she has no idea. She can't see. The yeah. box is taped shut. She's buried. No idea. Yeah. She said later, during my time inside my shallow grave where I was buried alive, I feared that my life was at an end and I was going to die. I prayed to God to help me survive so that I could look after my young son. The thought of my son gave me the strength to fight my way out of the box and save myself. Wow. That is, that is the motherfucking power of mother's love. Like, a hundred percent, man. Uh, wow. Like, just, I just, like, let me just take a moment to just, like, like praise Michelina. Like, just, she's so fucking cool. Seriously. Wow. So, what a woman. What a woman. So, once Michelina felt that the the coast was clear, she decided to make her move, knowing that her oxygen supply was going to run out soon. Now remember, her legs, hands, and mouths are all taped up. And she's taped up inside a box that's being weighed down underneath tree branches. And she's upside down. And she's upside down. But she's not unarmed, because she's wearing her engagement ring. That fuckboy McFuckface gave her. Oh my gosh, yes. (laughs) Yes. So this particular wedding band, it's, it's actually very pretty. I'll post pictures of it on Instagram. It's a very simple gold band with three diamonds side by side. It's, it's very simple. It's very elegant. And motherfucker, it's like, it's a symbol of hope. But it's not hope for the relationship. It's hope for fucking survival. Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah. So with her arms bound, she takes off the ring and she kind of like carries it down to her feet because I think she's in a fetal position at this point. And she basically, like, the ring in her hands just begins to scratch and cut up the tape that's binding her legs. Hell yeah. So, uh, also remember, she's at a PC box. There's fucking no, there's no room. This thing is designed for a tower PC. Like, Yeah, they they, they make those secure, you know? You put, like, just enough, like, packing foam in there to make sure it doesn't jiggle around. You don't want it going places. Yeah. So, another quote from her. It was not easy as I was tied up, she later said during trial. The only thing I could move was my head, which was also tied up with tape. Wow. So she successfully cuts the tape, uh, tape from her legs free, then puts the ring back on her finger and forces her hand through one of the side grips. Wow. She says, quote, I was focusing on the hole that I had just made. I took my head out from the box through the hole, and at that point, the soil was just getting in. Oh, no. So this motherfucker just begins to punch and claw at this hole and the walls of the cardboard prison ring first and just rips the side of the cardboard box apart. Holy crap. Literally an hour after being left for dead, Michelina just stands, exhausted but triumphant, over her makeshift grave. 
like the, the I just I, like round of applause to this woman. The fact, like right from the get go, the fact that she even had the wherewithal to sit there and wait and listen, and plan and plot and be like, all right, I need to make sure they're gone because mm -hmm. if, if they are still here and I push out, they are going to kill me. Absolutely. So she and, waited. And like the wherewithal to not panic. And yeah. to know that you've got a diminishing oxygen supply, and to even have like the, the just the thing like I have a weapon, yeah. with me, and those fuckers didn't take it from me. Like, ooh, what a helpless situation that she just like, she just was the most optimistic person I think I've, I've ever heard of. Like, yeah, like she just fucking Uno reversed the situation. Is what she, she did. She did. She was like, not to, today's not my time. Uh, uh and she stuck her hand right out of the grave. Like I can only imagine. Like. God, yeah. that's that is literally a scene out of a movie. Is just this woman reaching up and clawing her way out of her own grave. Wow, kudos to her, man. Yeah, Michelina then runs to the nearest road and hails down a passing car. The driver, a man named Dan Broccoli, mm -hmm. immediately stops and races her to the police. Wow. So then Michelina recounts the entire day and evening's events to Detective Chief Inspector Lisa Griffin, another badass woman. Heck yeah. She tells her all about her on on and off again, now permanently off yep. relationship. Her ex-fiance tasering her, tells her all about being shoved in a box and, and the ordeal that she's went through and where she came from. And she begs Detective Griffin to help her bring her son Jacob back to her. Yeah. So the police go to the scene of the cram. So in my, all of my reports that I found, they called it specifically a scene of crime officer. A seat of crime officer named Carl Ackroyd, Carl Ackroyd, made a video of the scene which was later shown in court, showing off the grave, the foliage used to cover the scene, and the cardboard prison now in pieces. Ah. I was I was curious when you said scene of the crime. I'm like, they're really two crimes. I mean, she was buried and she was attacked, so which, which scene? Yes, are we the, the, the scene of the burial. Gotcha. So, are we going to arrest this hacker or what? Well, hold on. Let me finish describing the scene. Man. I'm sorry. I just want to see this man <laughs> get justice. I'm sorry, I'm patient. <laughs> so, the box had been placed in a natural depression in the ground. So, like, these these motherfuckers didn't even, like, properly, like, dig out their own, like, grave. They, like, they're, like there's, like, a dent in the ground that they kind of, like, dug out a little bit more. Oh, wow. It was 33 meters from the road, and a piece of the tree, a piece of a tree, a.k.a. the massive tree branch which had been placed on top, was found nearby. Yeah. There was also a variety of spade marks in the soil around the scene. Hence the spades part of the story. Yeah. So, Ackroyd also stated that they were, um, as they were dissecting the scene, they found items of clothing trailing from the hole at one end of the box. So this is, like, how she got out. Oh, okay. They didn't specify what the, uh, the items of clothing were, but I can, I'm gonna take a guess and say maybe it was probably, like, a sweater or, like, an outer layer of clothing that probably got caught as she was, like, yeah. trying to get out. Or there could have been clothes at the bottom of this box inside the box already, and they kind of got like caught as she was escaping. That could be another possibility. Yeah, they might have like you said stuff, other I don't know, other things in there. Who knows? Yeah, who knows what they were using this box for? Yeah, yeah. Uh, Ackroyd later said in court, "It's not a six foot deep hole, but it is an attempt to conceal. So the intent was to hide what had happened." Yeah. So the police then raid Michelina and Marcin's shared home. And they apprehend Marcin and Patrick, who were probably still playing video games. Ugh, gross. Yes. Um, so now at the station, Marcin was very quick to deny kidnapping and attempting to murder Michelina. And he basically said, it was just a prank, bro. He, yeah, wanna, I'll just tase you as a prank, bro. You want to just, like, get two volts right to the neck real quick? You want to... 
Not two volts. Two, two uh, heckin' little... <laughs> two volts. You shocks. get two volts. Two whole words. volts. No, <laughs> two, two million. Like, come on. Put this man yeah. in the chair. But, like, no joke. Like, he literally told officers he was just trying to scare her and was planning to go back and dig her out after she'd learned a lesson. I literally cannot even fathom why he thought that would work at all. Like, it really shows how dumb this guy is. But also, like, what lesson? What, what was the lesson here? Like, what, what are you trying to teach a woman? Like, how do you teach a lesson by burying someone alive? If that's how you teach lessons, clearly we need to take your son. You're not fit to teach lessons. Like, please yeah. get him away from civilization. This isn't how, com- how humans communicate with each other. Yeah. So... He did confess to taking her credit card and withdrawing 500 pounds. What to freaking do? He said he used to pay a 17-year-old accomplice, but that's only in some sources and not all of them, so... I cannot actually believe that the 17-year-old was involved in this. Like, I know teenagers do make some dumb decisions and stuff like that, but actually, like, I just, I don't know how he coerced this other person to be like, like yeah, we're gonna actually attempt to murder her and I will give you $500. Like, is that not enough? Like, But it's also, like... How, like, the whole thing is so fucked up. Because one, it's like, well, how do you make a decision to hurt your partner, your romantic partner this way? Two, how do you look at yourself and go, you know who could help me? A minor. A seven, I'm, I'm 25 and I'm going to get this 17 year old. I'm going to pay him 500 pounds and he's going to help me commit murder. Like. It's and baffling. Then, and then, like, as a, as a, as a 17-year-old, and looking at that situation, this 25-year-old approaches you. He's like, hey, kid, you want to commit a murder with me? And, like, help me kill my ex-fiancé? And he's for like, For the low, yeah. low price of 500 pounds? For the, for the sweet, sweet deal of 500 pounds. And he's like, yeah, that sounds like a great idea. Can we play FIFA afterwards? It's like, what the fuck? Right, yeah. Naturally, Marcine was charged with kidnapping and attempted murder. Thank goodness. On top of that... When the police were searching Marcin's home, they found, in quote, large quantities of makeshift explosives. Excuse me? They found explosives. They didn't specify what these explosives were, what their intention was, but they found large quantities of them. So an additional charge of possession of a prohibited weapon was added to his charge. Cool. Yeah, load on the charges, guys. Like, what else did you find in there? Can we just, like, he had knives in the kitchen, too. That's another weapon. Like, yeah. Yeah. It's just. I'm like, let's just, like, literally tack on. Like, I, I want this man to never see the light of day. Like, he literally needs to be buried alive in a prison. <laughs> Maybe that's, like, how we, like, reform the justice system is that any anything you inflict upon a person, you get inflicted upon yourself. Is that is that the, the new law? An eye for an eye, a tooth for the tooth. Yeah, vengeance is a slippery slope. All right. So, Detective Griffin, our beautiful Chief Inspector Detective Griffin, commended Michelena's bravery. Uh, quote, she undoubtedly saved her own life by freeing herself from the box Kasper Zak had buried her in. Kasper Zak has shown himself to be an unpleasant intimidator of vulnerable women, and I am pleased that he is now behind bars where he belongs. So, whole thing goes to court at the end of November the same year prosecuting officer in this case was a man named Jonathan Sharp, and presiding judge was a man named Judge Peter Collier. Hmm. It was a super clear-cut verdict, I'm gonna be honest with you. Yeah, I mean, like, when the the victim is alive and can tell <laughs> the whole story, I feel like it's very, like, yeah, clear-cut. <laughs> Quote, In a nutshell, this case is about a young man who got bored with his partner, the mother of his child, and he decided to get rid of her, said, uh, said prosecutor Jonathan Sharp. Sharp laid the whole uh, lays out the whole event, 
Marcin getting bored of Michelina, wanting to date women from the gym that he based and he, uh, sorry, wanting to date the women from the gym. Uh, basically hating the woman that he lived with and he didn't want to lose his son and instead he wanted his mother to raise the baby. So instead he didn't want to raise Jacob. He wanted his mother to raise Jacob. Yeah, she did a good job. Look, he raised him. He's yeah, like, he's so, did such a good job on me. Mom, take this, take this other one. Yeah, so instead of an amicable split and the threat of paying child support, Marcin made the decision to attempt murder in a horrifying and just fucking awful way. Yeah. So. Like, there's just, there was just absolutely no need for that. There's so many other ways, normal ways, he could have gone about this. The fact that he jumped straight to murder is just... Yeah. Man. Judge Collier said that this whole thing was a planned attempt to kill. Quote, It was your intention that she should not be found, and it was your intention that she would die there. The death you intended would have been long and slow. It is mind-numbingly awful to imagine the sort of death you intended for her to die. I must have regard in the uniquely chilling nature of this case. As I have already observed, being buried alive must be one of the most dreadful ways to die that anyone can imagine. We love it when a judge has something to say. Genuinely, like I think it, it's very <laughs> profound, and it really because they, they they sit there very respectfully the entire time, and after they have heard all the facts, for them to just throw the book at you and just be like, "Yep, you are a total monster, and this was absolutely horrible. You deserve everything that's coming to you." Yeah, oh yeah. So the trial ended January thirteenth, twenty twelve. The jury then deliberated for eight hours, and I feel like, why did it take so long? Why did it take eight hours? Yeah, I, that I don't know. Maybe they just could not get over the fact that it happened. I don't know. Maybe. But they did vote. Uh, they voted to indict guilty by an 11 to 1 majority. Hmm. Who is this one? Yeah, and what are they, like, what could they possibly, like you said, there's there's actual physical evidence. There's a, a witness story corroborating the physical evidence. Yeah. I don't know. And they I, have a, a, a two people that confess to the actual, what happened? I do not know. <laughs> I I, like, there's nothing to there's nothing to debate. It, it just is. Yeah, like when you have like the actual victim be like, "This happened to me." Like, what what did, what do you deliberate for eight hours? Going, I don't know. Maybe he didn't do it. It's like, uh, I, don't I don't know. Anyway, he was found guilty. Both of them were found guilty. That's the main. So, Marcin was found guilty of attempted murder and kidnapping, and was sentenced to twenty years in prison. Not enough. He was also additionally convicted for possession of a prohibited weapon which was an additional eight four-year sentences he'd serve concurrently. So that's 32 years. Thank you for doing the math. I was sitting here going, eight times four <laughs> is what? Wow. So he's okay. he's going to serve the 20 and the 32 concurrently. So the max that he can serve is 32, and he's got the possibility of parole. <laughs> so Patrick Boris was not convicted of attempted murder, but he was convicted of kidnapping, so he was sentenced to just four and a half years in a juvenile detention center because he was a minor. Yeah, I don't know how I feel about that, but it is what it is. Yeah. So, after sentencing, Judge Collier had this to say, because we love a quote in this house. The problem you faced was that she would not go willingly and leave your child with you and your mother. So it was then you formed a plan to get rid of her. Fortunately, she escaped. Her raw determination to survive for the sake of your son is undoubtedly what saved her. After the trial, Michelina's mother Miroslava stated, I am so happy by the verdict because for me it means peace at last. I was waking up at night having nightmares in which I saw Marcin's face. He was haunting me like a ghost. This is her mother. Yeah. Michelina's mother. Michelina had her own thoughts on everything. 
quote, the big question for me is how long he'll be jailed for because I won't feel safe if he's free. I still have nightmares that Mar uh, Marcin will come back and find me and kill me. I want him to be locked up in a safe place for as long as possible, just so that me and my son can try and have a happy life. For many years, I loved Marcin Kasperzak very much, but after this horrific attack upon me, my feelings towards him have turned to hatred. My only hope is that he can accept what he did to me was very wrong. I really hope that no one will ever experience what I went through that day and, the ha at, and at the hands of the man who I loved and trusted. So, yeah, it's, it's kind of hollow. Like, this horrible, gruesome thing. And... 32 years? Yeah, that's like the murder? most justice that she gets is, you know, like you said, 32 years of peace. And after that, she has to go back to worrying and looking over her shoulder for not only herself, but for her son. Yeah, well, I did a little bit of math here as well. So Patrick is out. He would have been released in around 2015, 2016 if he wasn't released early on good behavior out of this juvenile detention center. I can only hope that he learned his lesson and turned his life around and is no longer kidnapping women. I, I literally googled his name and like went through like any records I could find of the name Patrick Boris mm -hmm. and I didn't find anything so I'm hopeful but I don't know yeah and like he might have gone back to Poland and that's a completely different court system and I don't know yeah um Marcin would be looking at a release in about 2044 assuming he's not eligible for early release so that would make his son Jacob 36 uh when he is released as for Jacob and Michelina, I can only hope that they're living their best life. Uh, yeah. So today she would be about 39 and Jacob would be about 15. I, I didn't want to look up look into what they were up today because I guess the, the, the unfortunate reality is, is that Marcina is going to get out in their lifetime. And yeah. if he hasn't learned his lesson, they're like, they're not safe. It's, yeah, that is such a a weird thought that like th I, I just I don't know I don't know how that's justice how her having to go back to being scared at some point how that's fair yeah and it's I I because I, I this is my my big I guess my preach for this episode is I I don't like how we define attempted murder because in my eyes the only difference between murder and attempted murder is success exactly you your intention was the same just because you made a mistake or this person you know like managed to outsmart you or out outwill you whatever it be yeah or they that got should lucky. not yeah. yeah that should not change the consequences of what happened like your intent like you said was to inflict the most unimaginable slow death to a, a person that just wholeheartedly trusted you that that to me is worth several consecutive lifetimes. Yeah, and I and I think that's kind of where my personal definition for it comes is it's all about intent. Life is about intent and consent, right? So if your intention is to harm someone, if you have made the conscious choice to be a monster and take somebody's life, that's the moment that the murder has occurred, as far as I'm aware, because you have actively made that decision to do it. In in your head, that person's dead. Like yeah. It, that's that's it. It's, that's it. It's kind of like when you decide to quit a job or you decide to get bangs or it's like when you have made the active decision, it's basically done. That's that's exactly it. When the decision is made, that's it, it necessarily the result of it doesn't matter. You've made that decision and you need to be held accountable for that decision. Yeah. And it's 
So I actually, I looked up the specific definitions of first degree, second degree, and attempted murder, just so that we could kind of, like, psychoanalyze it, I guess. Yeah. So, first degree murder, long story short, it's murder with intent to kill. It's, the the wording I specifically saw was unlawful taking of life with express malice um, afterthought, which basically means there was intent to murder, the murder was planned, and the murder was carried out successfully. Like, those are, like, the three pieces of the pie. Yeah. Um, death by explosives, weapons of mass destruction, armor-penetrating armor bullets, poisoning, torture, or ambush are always considered first-degree murder. To me, this sounds like ambush to me. Yeah. Torture, this sounds like torture to me. Yeah, like, a hundred percent. I don't know how you could argue that it wasn't, like... Yeah. Minimum sentence for first-degree murder is 25 to life. I think this is in the, the U.S. definition. It varies from country to country. Yeah. Um, minimum sentence is, is 25 to life. But chances are, if you've commit first-degree murder, you're spending the rest of your life behind bars. As it should be. Yeah. Worst case, capital punishment is pursued if it's available in the country that you live in. Yeah. Like... But, I mean, from if I describe this like this to you without the definition, this would sound like what we're going through, right? Like, it's it's ambush, it's torture, it's the willingness to take someone's life, it's the, the intent, the malice. It's the intent of malice, yeah. Yeah, it, that, the, the only thing that we're missing is murder was carried out successfully. That's the only piece you're missing. I just don't understand why that is, like, a factor that, cha- like you said, that changes anything. To yeah, me, that, I, that that's irrelevant. Like, it's... Yeah, so... Looking at secondary murder, because I, I, I truly, before this, I didn't know the difference between first degree and second degree. They're like yeah. words that are thrown around, but I'm like, I don't know what the like, specific like definitions yeah. were. No, same. You're teaching me a thing right now, too. I'm going to teach you a thing. So, secondary murder is you still have the intent to end a life, but there's no specified target or provocation. So it's like when you uh, consciously endanger a human life, but there isn't a particular human life in mind. So a great example that I saw was shooting a gun into a crowd. The intent okay. is to kill, but there's not a particular target. It's just intent to kill. Okay. Um, another example would be flooding a room full of people. Uh, drunk driving or under the influence of drugs also count towards second degree murder, because it's it's the intent. It, like I guess the different differences. Second degree murder is when you actively make a reckless and risky choice mm-hmm. with no consideration of the consequences and no consideration if the life if a life is taken at the end of it so if you're actively making choices that harm another person's life and that could be uh, could have lethal consequences that's second degree murder okay i I do see the difference between the two there that's yeah so that make that makes sense to me They're, they're they're very clear like first degree outlined by I wanted to kill this person, I thought it out, I bought the rope, I bought the stun gun, I bought the garbage bags, I brought the... I had a target in mind, yeah. Yes, like, I planned how this was gonna go, and then second degree was, I want it to happen, but I'm not really sure how it's gonna go, but I, like, a life's ending by the end of the night. Yeah. Like, that's kind of, that's where it is. Okay. Um, definition for attempted murder, which would be the outcome of today's crime. Yeah. Attempted murder is exactly the same as the previous murders. Only difference, they fail. I, that's that doesn't do it for me. I'm I'm gonna be completely honest. I yeah. I know that that people a lot smarter than me have made this system, and it's it is what it is. But it, to me, that just doesn't feel satisfactory. Yeah, and it, and I think it's 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 the degree, it's, it's the variables that create the failure that really don't do it for me. So like. 
fa- like failure in this particular case, it was because Michelino was a, was a badass. Like, she had the wherewithal to think about her situation, think what she had on hand, and she made a plan and she fucking carried it out like the badass she was. Yeah. But there are other people who are not lucky that way, and they're not put in similar situations like this. So failure, some of the examples that I saw was firing a gun and missing. Yeah. That's considered attempted murder. Successfully stabbing someone, but just missing a vital organ. And so they are injured, but they don't bleed to death or they're not stabbed in a vital like place. That's yeah. considered attempted murder. Rigging an explosive device and it failing to detonate. That's yeah. considered attempted murder. And for some reason, it comes with an extremely reduced prison sentence, which I, I, I guess it... Because, like, the attempt, the failure factor, I guess, for lack of a better word, that's not where the murder occurs to me. Because we, we talked about it already. Murder is when the, the decision is made. Yeah, exactly. So. And that's, like, so it's almost like you're just punishing the victim for living. Like, if you would have died, then your your perpetrator would have got a harsher sentence. And it's like, how is that? How is that justice? Please, someone yeah. make it make sense. To me, and- that you, we are literally punishing the victims for living. Yeah, and it it really is. Now they have to live, you know, Michelina will live 32 years, hopefully, with peace of mind. Hopefully. But, but then he's also eligible for parole. Attempted murder often comes with this eligibility of parole or early release. Exactly, so, and that means she has to be privy on his whereabouts at all times. She has to be constantly looking up, is he released? That, that's not peace of mind if she has to yeah. keep checking. And, and I think about, like, where where can we go in today like if we're thinking about it just as today like how what, what availability do we have to go somewhere like coming to the states isn't really a viable option going back to poland that's uh, like he kind of knows where you are like staying in the uk like is that safe and then going somewhere completely foreign like that's such a risk it's such a gamble it is so it's uh, like, I, I don't know it's the, the the fact that he had explosives in the house I wonder if there was more to the story, like there was another plan that if this buried alive plan hadn't worked, if she, if she had just come home instead of going to the police, because I guess Marcin thought that she was just hopeless and dumb and boring and awful. Maybe he didn't think that she would go to the police. Maybe she was like, oh my god, that was so scary. Why did you do that to me? Yeah. And like, it was the explosives a backup plan? Was that plan A? And, and like, he just couldn't figure out how to rig explosives. Like, what? Yeah. What's the purpose of that? So, yeah, uh, it just, I'm sure that, yeah, like you said, there are people who are way smarter than us who have got this figured out, but like, just in my uneducated opinion, it doesn't sit right with me. Yeah. And that's the best way I can put it. Like you said, in my personal opinion, this doesn't sit right to me. But at the end of the day, all as I can say is I am so proud of this woman. Just props to her as, as a human being and as a mother. I can't imagine like her son being like I have a mom that just like she literally would do anything for me like she would yeah. crawl to the ends of the earth to fight for me and she literally did like mm-hmm. there like, is just nothing like a mother's love oh it, no there there really isn't and just yeah it's 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 love it's it's you know making that I feel like if if Jacob hadn't been part of the picture I feel like this case would have had a very different outcome and it wouldn't have been a favorable outcome that we wouldn't be sitting here celebrating a survivor we would be talking about a horrible possibly unsolved like mystery just woman appears in woods yeah this could like you said this could have the outcome of this could have changed in so many different ways but thank god that it ended how it is and hopefully hopefully this man never ever sees her again and 
she can I, just live a good life. I I hope that wherever wherever Michelina Lewandowska is, she's living her best second life. I hope that uh, she's raised Jacob into a the the perfect small human, and knowing your experiences, I know that she has. And right. Just, yeah, I hope they're both staying safe, and I hope that they're living safe, safely in peace, and that nobody comes and bothers them. Nobody comes to find them. Absolutely. But no, I, I think, like you said, leaving leaving out the the extra details, we just we wish them well from afar, and we leave them be, and just hope yeah. that they're doing well. Yeah, thrive in peace. Thrive in peace. I like that. Yeah, they deserve that. And that's my story. That's my my hearts and spades. A little different, a little bit more modern, a little bit more more clear cut, and no convoluted conspiracy theories. But it's an important story to tell. And yeah, yeah, I think it kind of sets up. I don't know. I guess it sets up my personal opinions on attempted murder. Yeah, true. I mean, that's something we like. Just a topic on you know the podcast we haven't discussed yet as far as like you said the actual definitions of these things and and even just sharing our personal opinions because is as great as the justice system is in so many situations there there are instances where even though quote-unquote justice is served it it doesn't sit right in your gut at the end of the day and i think that those cases are really important to talk about because reform in general cannot happen if people if that if those conversations aren't happening and i'm not saying we're going out and and we're going to change the world or anything but i I do think that these conversations are important to have and and for other people to think about as well yeah and i I think it kind of just sets the tone a little bit with the spook creek just so everyone knows like how we are or how we approach things and like our mentality and everything because i don't think we've this i think this is probably our most clear-cut case that we've covered this season yeah that's true because i think all of mine before have either not had a sentencing or have all been unsolved i mean yours with the cult one there was was solved but there was so many questions still unanswered just because of how undocumented everything was it was literally unseen unknown unheard like it and the person that's out there who should have had justice inflicted upon them isn't isn't on this planet anymore exactly there are they are unalived so it's the truth yeah so ah it's 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 different i think it's a different tone episode it's a different kind of approach but it's an important story to tell and and it's good to kind of celebrate these like kind of lesser known cases these these small town like barely made they don't, they, this one didn't even make like the front page of the BBC this is all like subtle this is like scrolling text at the bottom of the newsreel sort of thing you know which is like this also happened today but also while this was going on this was happening yeah I'm sorry if I actually escaped de- like the literal grips of death like this I, I, you deserve a front page this is like the front page worthy I don't know what else happened that, that took the place of that like this woman and I'm not saying put the, the spotlight on this horrible person I'm putting the spotlight on this woman this amazing incredible human being that yeah. against all the odds stacked against her survived in an in a dire situation and I just I can't believe that that is not a more celebrated story like you said but that's that's what we do here on the podcast is we dig up those ones and give them give them a little extra attention yeah so this one's for you Michelina you've got your own little episode in our in our spooky library and we're we're celebrating your life and we hope you're living well thriving well and yeah yeah keep being a badass heck yeah cheers to that yeah chin 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 and that's it that's that's (laughs) That's the story in Balamore, wouldn't you like to know? That sure does set the tone for hearts and spades in the future, ma'am. Like you said, that is such a different episode in general, and it can fall into so many other categories of, of survivors, of just just so many things. And yeah. well, that could be a what-the-fuck case, because it's literally so unexpected of everything happening. 
Yeah, and I, I think Hearts and Spades, it's such a different kind of category than what we've covered so far. It's not kind of whimsical. It's not traditional spooky. It's very, like, everyday horror. Yeah. So, yeah, it's it's a little different. I hope you guys liked it. And, yeah, like, if you've got your own little, like, small town crimes like this that deserve their own stories but like people ha- are, just aren't talking about them please send them our way I, I love little stories like this because they do deserve to be celebrated whether the, you know the victim we celebrate the victim post-mortem or we celebrate a survivor thriving exactly like, they're they are so so important to tell and and it's yeah it's there's there's thousands and thousands of stories like this that are just out there it's true and I don't know all of them I don't think I ever could and more and more are happening every day that's true but we can celebrate the ones that come across us like absolutely and i think you did a great job with your story today like you said the way that you presented it the way that we we talked about michelina i am so happy to know this story and to have our listeners get to experience it as well yeah so thank you for coming to hearts and speeds this has been my ted talk (laughs) it has been good ma'am i i genuinely appreciate the effort that you have put into this one this was a, a good story Oh, I'm glad you liked it. Yeah, I, I thank you for bearing with me on this this slightly different tangent, but an important one. Yeah, absolutely. That does bring us to what is going to be your final spin of the season. It sure does. Are you ready for that? No. And with that, let's spin <laughs> that spookery wheel, TM. All right, let me get it set up because it. <laughs> Oh, there's uh, technical difficulties, folks. Hang technical, on, I spoke the too wheel, soon. It's, a, it's a big and heavy wheel, and it's not there. Okay. My last wheel's been. Oh, gosh. Oh, golly gee. My last. Let's. Guys, please, let's, let's pray to the spooky spirits. Let's. Yes, please join hands with the closest person next to you. If you're on public transportation. Uh, and if you're by yourself, <laughs> if you're by yourself, just put your hands together. <laughs> yes. Grab your neighbor's hand if you've got someone nearby. Yes. And just. Spooky spirits. It's the, it's my personal season finale. It's the second to last episode in the thing. Let's make it a good one. Let's just... Let's go, Yahtzee! Let's go! Let's freaking go. All right, ready? Yeah. Three, two, one. Spin! I'm so Watching the spokes go around is like, it's literally like, it's it's just dread. <laughs> oh. Oh? Oh, okay. Oh, that's a good oh. That sounded very positive oh. This one, I was kind of... I didn't know how I would feel if this, this particular situation happened, but I'm... But it's happened now, and how do you feel? But I, I feel... I feel good. Oh, Because okay. this is our very first repeat category. What did you get? So I have just spun... Cults and secret societies. Yes, I was hoping. Oh man, I was literally like, please let it be cults. I was. I'm so excited for your cult episode, ma'am. So this season we have two we get cult two episodes. Cult episodes. We are blessed by the Spoker Spirits. The Spoker Spirits have blessed us on this day. We have cults and secret <sighs> societies, and it's ladies spin. On yes, cults and secret societies. Oh, I'm literally popping out of my chair. Let's <laughs> go! So there you go. If you wanted a clean slate of a brand new category, unfortunately, you've got cults and secret societies yet again. But man, oh man, it's my turn. Man, so this is gonna be oh, good. 
Oh my! What? What's popping the collar? It's getting I know. real up in what here. What cult do I? I've got so many. Like, I think cults take up half of my spreadsheet. <laughs> oh, I'm so excited. Oh, what do I do? What do I do? Ooh, I'm gonna have to think about this one. This is gonna take me a while to choose. You have choices. I have choices. <laughs> choices. What a way to round out season one on my end. Just bookending it with a with a repeat category I'm, i don't know if i'm gonna do as good a job as you but man oh man no it's that's that's we're not gonna compare them like that it is no, going to just true. be we're gonna love them like how you look at a rose and you look at a daisy two different flowers still both beautiful that's what's gonna happen here yeah and they represent different things it's different flower it, language one says fuck you and one says i kind of like you. <laughs> exactly <laughs> So we'll see which one your episode turns out yeah, to be. Yeah, we'll see. And that's true. That's a really good reminder. We never, ever compare episodes just because we get a repeat. They're never, ever compared. Alana does an amazing job. I'm going to do a great job. They're going to be very different cults. Exactly. Let's, let's see where the oh. spookery spirits take me. What a what a, what a thing to spin. This is... I, I'm really excited about this. Not only, like you said, it's a it's a our first repeat, but it's such a good way to round up this, the first season. Like, that's, yeah. that's awesome. Where, where do I go from here? Where do I go from where here? Where do we go from here? Oh, I am, I am excited. Oh. I can see the ideas percolating in mm. the brain. I know. I've, I'm literally like, I'm like, I've, you know, I've got like a Rolodex in my head where I'm just spitting it going, which cult will it land on? I gotta create my own like second spooky wheel and it's just second. full of cults. <laughs> I, I would love that we have our big wheel and then you appear like, and then we pull out the second wheel. <laughs> it's just a pinwheel with just from cults. Like, it's going. <laughs> I'm here for it. I want a. I want a mini wheel. Oh, uh, all right. Well, <clears throat> while I'm building the mini wheel, <laughs> would you like to tease your high profile case, ma'am? I I'm really excited about the high profile case, and it. So th this is kind of fun. I actually was talking to Corey about this the other day, and I was like, I want I want to do a high profile case that no one's heard about and he's like that is literally a paradox like do you understand what you're saying and i'm like okay yeah you're right like and i immediately was like oh, this is gonna be the one that i can't surprise you with you've definitely heard about this person oh okay it, uh it's we're it's it's a lot um there'll be a lot of trigger warnings for the next episode oh okay um you know i feel like it would be pretty easy to surprise me because i am so I'm not in tune with celebrity culture and like, but also keep in mind that a lot of my upbringing was international. So I know a lot more about international cases. So if you've got a, if you've picked a high profile American case from before I came to the States, you're very likely to surprise me. I, that's true. Okay. I mean, so, so this is, the, it is kind of interesting. Cause when I like originally Googled like high profile cases in America, like you said, like he, this one was not on the list. Oh, okay. and then Corey reminded me of it when I had that conversation. He's like, "You just said a really stupid thing. What about if you do this?" And I was like, "That is a fantastic idea. That's perfect." So All it's right. one that I, that I even like. I was like, "How did I forget about this?" But I, I maybe I can surprise you with it. So I I'm excited. I I I'm so keen, and I know I know that you're you're gonna absolutely blow my mind one way or the other whether i've heard of it or not you're absolutely going to enlighten me on the little nuanced details that i never would have understood that's so. that's the beauty of the spookery i'm going to do that's my deep dive and i'm going to share all of those those juicy little context that if all those little pieces Ooh. of context with you yeah you know? you've got to give the context because i did not give a lot of context today so <laughs> the, like you said the context just was like very clear very, very like, <laughs> the context was, was present it was there. yes it was there no no explanation needed it's like that yes that is what happened that is no. that is what happened but man oh man i'm so excited high profile then cults then season finale then of season yeah. one season finale 
It's coming. It's right it's around coming. the corner. I'm, uh, I'm procrastinating a little bit. I'm like, if I don't, if I don't write my next episode, then the next and the last one can't happen. <laughs> <laughs> It'll if never I never end. write the second last one, I'll never have a last one. <laughs> exactly. What do we do then? We don't know. No, we don't know. No, but I'm, I'm eager. I'm excited. It'll be a good episode. Yeah, it'll be a really good episode. I know it will be. I cannot wait. I cannot yes. wait. So, yeah, where 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 can they find us, Alana? Where can they find our us on our beautiful socials? Yes, you dear spookery listeners, you can find us at Spookery Podcast on Instagram, Twitter, on YouTube. Yeah, bro, or YouTube. where can they where can they send us mail? Where can they reach us, lady? Where can these lovely spooky people find us? Uh, they can reach us through your nearby Ouija board. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, you can send us a Gmail at, at spookerypodcast at gmail.com. You can send any things we might have missed, any additions, corrections. You can also send your own stories. You can send your fan art if that's something you want to do. Uh, you sure can also can. ask us questions, like, because we're, we're here. We're, we exist. We're, we're sitting here looking at our inbox going, please send us some mail. <laughs> yes, we... Because we, we love we love interacting with you guys, and it's just it's a really good thing for us to hold on to. We're also actively building our notes for our spookery recap. So if you guys have anything for any episode that we've released, not just this one, but anything that we've released through the season and whatever we release next, if you guys have anything that you want to add, absolutely please send it to us. We will get it all ready for the recap. We will look into any questions, expand upon further ideas. You guys might have questions we didn't even think about. So yeah, and you can ask anonymously too if there's something that you don't want to actually like you know, you don't want your name on the podcast, that's fine. Send us something and just say, hey, I, I would love this question to be answered, but please do not credit me. That's perfectly fine, too. But if yeah. you want that sweet, sweet credit, we'll also, we'll, we'll name drop you. Yeah. We won't, we won't dox you, though. First name. No, uh, yeah, no. <laughs> <laughs> and they live at this address. And they're, <laughs> and they're the biggest spookery fan we ever had. Yeah. Um, speaking of biggest spookery fan we've ever had, uh, if you guys are enjoying the podcast, please consider leaving us a five-star review. It means the world to us, and it gives us an idea that you guys are liking what we're doing, and we're doing the right thing. Uh, and if you don't like it, please also leave a five-star review. We'll know the intent. Um, but yeah, it means the world to us. Thank you guys so much for listening. Thank you for coming in on me on my, I guess, my short episode. Retrospectively. Retrospectively. <laughs> it was uh -huh. a good journey. It was appropriately linked. Yeah, it was it was a good palate cleanser. It was something different, and yeah, it'll segue beautifully into our high profile cases, and then and then cults, and then season finale, and who knows what after. Whatever season two brings our way. Yeah, whatever the spookery spirits lay upon us. Yeah. Well, right. until next time, everybody. Stay spooky. Bye bye. Bye bye. Bye bye. See you later. Bye bye. <laughs>